You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Are you doing what you ought to be doing? Are you seeking God like you should? Are you in the Word like you ought to? Jeff, look around. Do an appraisal of your spiritual life. Examine yourself. If not, if one or more of those you say, no, I'm not, then you say, return to your spiritual roots, to the Lord and His ways. Remember and repent and return. When's the last time you felt a fire in your faith? When's the last time you are energized and finishing God's work for His kingdom? In today's message from Pastor Jeff, he wants you to know that there's nothing more important to your walk with Jesus than remaining active. As soon as you lose your vigor for following His calling, you lose your connection to Him. There's nothing worse than being on the fence. Don't be lukewarm and experience a renewal in your faith like never before. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Revelation chapter 2 as he continues his message, Sardis, the Lifeless Church. The Lord has no positive words for this church. The other churches, he always begins with attaboys. But with this one, there's no attaboy. He starts out with, with correction immediately. Listen again to his diagnosis. I know all the things that you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Is he telling them to wake up from their sleep? No, wake up spiritually. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. There's a few things flickering with life among you, and those are about to die too. So wake up, wake up. So this Sardis church was on life support. It had been alive, but something had happened to it. Their outer appearance and the reputation covered up an internal dying condition. The great physician had taken their pulse and pronounced them dead. Now, again, that's not us, but there's something here for us to learn today because God didn't put this in his word by mistake. Amen. So to the casual observer, let me tell you about this church. To the casual observer, they were happening. To the casual observer, they were doing lots of good things. Jesus said, I know your works. That means they were doing things. They weren't just sitting there dead. Their activities didn't belie their spiritual condition. They were active. I know your works. So they were involved in doing things. They were active. Their reputation around town, I'm talking hypothetically here, but I think I'm probably pretty accurate. Uh, Their reputation around town might have been described as being progressive, having a nice building, a lot of money, doing great works of charity. Their reputation around town was positive, upbeat. They had a, they had a good reputation around town. Jesus said, you've got a name that lives, that you're alive, that you're happening, that you've got it going on. The Bible says man looks on the outer appearance, as I said, but God looks on the real heart. Therefore, the glorified Savior, the head of the church, pierces through the facade in this letter to Sardis and diagnoses their spiritual illness. It says he didn't find their works perfect. That word perfect means finished or complete. They had not 
finished what God gave them to do. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is almost finished. No, he said it's, it's finished. What did Paul say? I have finished my race. It's one thing to start, it's another thing to finish. Many people start strong and end weak, start good and end bad. We're not in a hundred yard dash, we're in a marathon. And God says, we, we need to finish strong. If you start strong, finish strong. Don't faint on the path. Don't faint along the way. But if you started strong, end strong. And they had not ended strong. Paul wrote a man named Archippus once and he said, see to it, Archippus, you complete, finish, fulfill the ministry you've received in the Lord. It's so important to finish what God has given us to do. There's a reason God let you wake up this morning. There's a reason God let me wake up this morning. Why do you let us wake up? Because we've got time now to finish what he's given us to do, to bear the fruit, to influence others for Christ, to live for him, to glorify him. We're not here by mistake. Our times are in his hand and we're to finish what we've started. How many of you want to finish your assignment? The Sardis church had not finished their assignment. Somewhere along the way, they were doing good and they got sidetracked and they stumbled and they drifted and they didn't finish. They didn't finish. So Jesus says, your works aren't perfect because you haven't finished them. You haven't fulfilled them. One of my prayers and desires is that when my time comes, I'll be able to say with Paul, I finished my race. I finished my assignment. I kept the faith. And so I'm going to hear the words, well done, not well, almost done, not well, kind of done, not well, a little bit done, but well done. Come on, everybody. So, so let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. Why did Jesus call them spiritually dead? What, what, was the, what were the termites eating away at the strength and the 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 uh, integrity of this church. First of all, compromise. Compromise. The church in Sardis had compromised with its pagan worldly surroundings. You know, you and I, we, we've got three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? And, and we've got to maintain a victory over all of them. The world and its ways are always contrary to God's ways. That's why John said, don't love the world or the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, what's in the world? What drives the world? What, what is the engine that, 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 that accelerates the world and drives the world? It is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those, those are the engines that drive this world. John said, don't love it. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not from the Father, but they're from the world. And this world is passing away and all the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. We're called to have victory over the world. What is it? What is the victory? What is the victory that overcomes the world? The Bible says even our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But Sardis had lost their battle with the world. Remember, they were surrounded by a very corrupt culture. They lost their kingdom saltiness. 
Amen. What did Jesus say? You're the salt of the earth. What does that mean? That means where you go, he goes. That means when you walk into a room, you bring him with you. That's talking about the witness of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the reality of Jesus. We were out eating with a couple last night and um, I didn't mean to, but I slipped into preaching a little bit. I can't help it. I'm, even while I was doing it, I was saying to myself, Jeff, you're preaching. But I just kept going, okay? Because I'm, I'm talking to them and I said, I was talking about how the greatest decision and most important decision of your entire life is to walk with him. There is no more important decision than that. It is infinitely more important than who you marry, what your career choice is, where you live. There is no decision that can begin to hold a candle to that one. What? am I doing with Jesus? What have I done with Jesus? How have I responded to Jesus? My voice is, um, it carries. And I'm saying this at this table and I started getting animated. You know me, I'm doing this. And I turn and I see the table next to me. They're all listening. Okay. And I thought, oh, well, I'm going to keep going. So what was I doing? I was salty. I was salty with the kingdom. I was salty with the things of God. I was sharing the things of Jesus. And, and at least a few people in tables next to us and the couple that we were uh, eating with and sharing with, the, the saltiness, the reality, the touch, the fragrance of the kingdom of God was coming out. And I'm not patting myself on the, on the back. Listen, we all are carriers of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. And Jesus said, what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Any church that loses its saltiness, its witness of the kingdom of God is worthless as a church. Thank God for all the souls being saved via ministries that Turning Point is involved in. Thank God for all the lives that are being changed, the constant testimonies we receive, because that's what God called the church to do. And Sardis had lost that. Something happened. Jesus said there's only a few. He says, you have a few people in your group, your church, who have kept themselves clean. Only a few in this church had held fast to Jesus and the teachings of the kingdom of God. The rest of them had drifted, had been defeated by the world. They had loved the world. They had shaken hands with the world. Uh, they had allowed the world, they were put in Sardis to influence Sardis, but now the corruption in Sardis was influencing them. That's never God's will. We're supposed to look different, think different, talk different, walk different, have different worldviews. We're supposed to stand out in a good way as being decidedly different from the world. Amen. But Jesus says, there's only a few in your church. So compromise with that corrupt culture was part of what was killing them. Second, they'd replace true anointing with endless activity. Listen, activity doesn't mean you're anointed. Amen, just because you're busy, busy, busy. Remember Martha? She's mad at Mary because Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to the word of God. Martha's in the kitchen. Pans are clanging. 
Doors are slamming. She finally comes in and she says, Lord, would you tell her to get up and help me? I'm doing all the work. I'm the busy one. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, when he says your name twice, you're in trouble. <laughs> Martha, Martha. How many of you ever, Jeff, Jeff. Oh, no, don't want to hear it. Martha, Martha, you are careful and worried and distracted with so many things. But Mary has chosen the good part, which will never be taken away from her. Okay? Busyness does not equate into anointing. There's a lot of churches busy like beehives, but there's no anointing. There's no life. There's no salvations happening, no soul winning, no spiritual fruit. They're just religiously active. But activity doesn't save you. Activity doesn't mean you're doing God's work. Jesus said, I know your deeds. So they were very busy. But Jesus said, you've got a reputation of being alive. And that suggests that the outer appearance was very positive. This church was humming, but they were dead. Uh, it had a reputation for being a happening church. The buzz on the streets, I'm just guessing, was probably, hey, if you're looking for a church, go to the church in Sardis right down the street. It is happening. They are doing all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things you can plug into. Jesus said, I see all of your activity, but spiritually, there's no pulse. It was no doubt well attended. Most people had a positive opinion of this church. From what? From all the visible things they were doing. If you were moving from Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, and going to Sardis, your pastor would probably have said, you be sure you go to the church in Sardis, it's happening. But the reputation was not the reality. Rather than Sardis impacting the city, the city impacted Sardis. Jesus said most of them had defiled their garments. That means most of them had caved to the corruption of the world. Let me tell you, folks, talking honestly and truthfully, I've never seen more corruption, more immorality, more depravity, more degeneracy than our nation is in right now. And it's knocking on your door and my door 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So we must take our stand and say, I will not defile my garments. I will not succumb to or cave into the corruption of this culture. I'm going to be a light shining into the dark. I'm going to be an answer and not a question mark. I'm going to be an exclamation point. I'm going to make a difference. Are you hearing me? So that was another contributor to their deadness. All kinds of activity, but no anointing, no life. So here's some good news. How many of you are ready for some good news? Let me give you some good news. Here's the good news. The situation in Sardis was not hopeless. It wasn't hopeless. Jesus gives a remedy in verse two. He says, be watchful and strengthen what remains, the things that are ready to die. What little bit of spiritual reality they still had. Jesus said, stop now and revive what is still barely alive. He exhorts them, strengthen what still remains. If you catch yourself in time, you can recover. Amen. There's always hope with Jesus. I don't care where you are, what you've done, how far you've drifted. There's always hope in Jesus. As long as your heart is beating and you're waking up in the morning, I don't care how dire it looks, there is hope in Jesus. 
He can turn anything, deliver you from anything, heal you from anything, set you on the right path. There is hope in Jesus. His solution is found in verse three. So don't forget what you have received and heard. Obey it. Change your hearts and lives. So here's what he's saying in a nutshell. He's saying, if you find yourself in a hole, first thing you do is stop digging. If you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Don't make matters worse. Stop now. Turn now. Repent now. Get right now. There's still time. His path to recovery is in three words. Here they are. Say them with me. Remember, repent, and return. Remember. He says, remember the truth that changed you at the first. Remember. Remember. Remember the day you were saved. Remember when Jesus came into your heart. Remember when he delivered you and first touched you and you experienced that first love. Go back to the beginning, to the, to the first blessings. Remember, go back. Remember the things God has done. Have you ever noticed the devil wants you to forget the good and remember the bad? He wants to beat you over the head with your mistakes and he wants to remove from your memory all the things that God has done for you. But Jesus said, remember, 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 don't forget what you have received and heard. What have you heard? The cross of Christ, the gospel of Jesus. That's what changed you. That's what turned your life around. That was the turning point in your life. The gospel of Christ. The world didn't give it to you. Men didn't give it to you. You didn't give it to you. He gave it to you. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, remember. Oh, it does good to remember. Remember, go back and remember. And then he said, once you remember, repent, repent. Repent of your error. Repentance is easy. It's a beautiful word because that six letter word repent is, is the gateway to all blessing. It opens the door to salvation, opens the door to everything that God has for you. Repent, that just means I agree with God, I've sinned. You're right, Lord, I agree with you, I've sinned not going to deny it, not going to blame somebody else. I have sinned and I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm going to repent. That means I'm going this way and I go this way instead. I'm walking this way, chasing the world, going down the wide path that leads to destruction. But when I repent, I turn and I get on that narrow road that leads to life. I, I, I follow the other way. I go the other way. I go after Jesus, I chase after Jesus, I seek after Jesus, I pursue Jesus and his teachings for life and living. I've repented, I've turned. And he says, once you repent, I love this last word, return, return, return. Return to what? Jesus, 110%, all in, return, go back, return to him. We're still in the age of grace. The porch light is still on in the Father's house. Porch light is still on. Last night, we had forgotten to turn on our outside lights. And when we got home, I was thinking how dark our house looked and how spooky it looked. But here's the thing. What was the problem? There was no light. 
And there's going to come a day, folks, listen, when the age of grace will end and the lights will go off and the access to the Father's house will be closed. But right now there's lights on. Right now the Father says, whosoever will, let him come. Right now the Father says, return. Return. The prodigal son remembered. He remembered. He said, I remember how good I had it in the Father's house. And then it says, he repented. And then it says, he said to himself, I'm going back home. Return. Return. Return while the returning is good. Go home while the going is good. Malachi 3, 7 says, return to me and I will return to you. Listen to Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way. Oh, I love that. And walk in it. Travel its path and you'll find rest for your souls. Man. Every church and every Christian ought to from time to time stop at the crossroads and look around. Stop in all your busyness. Stop in all your coming and going. Stop in your constant flurry of activity. Stop at the crossroads and look around and ask yourself, am I going the right way? Am I going the right way? In all that I'm doing, are my feet going down the right path? Am I holding tight to Jesus or have I drifted? Am I living life according to the teaching of God's word? Or have I allowed the culture, the corrupt culture, to become my teacher and my instructor and my guide? Am I busy without balance, which Sardis did? Am I resisting the corruption of the world? Stop the crossroads and look around. Assess your life. I need to do it to myself from time to time. Jeff, stop at the crossroads and look around. Are you where you ought to be? Are you doing what you ought to be doing? Are you seeking God like you should? Are you in the word like you ought to? Jeff, look around. Do an appraisal of your spiritual life. Examine yourself. If not, if one or more of those, you say, no, I'm not. Then you say, return to your spiritual roots, to the Lord and his ways. Remember and repent and return. Because the father is this way. He's not this way. Well, you think you're going to have me forgive you after all you did? No. He says, come here. He wraps his arms around you. He throws a party on your behalf in heaven. The angels rejoice that you remembered and repented and returned. Now, I know I'm talking to the choir today, but maybe not. Maybe there's some among us, I've sure been there, who need to remember and repent and return. We don't know what happened to Sardis. We don't know. But here's what I do know. If you and I remember, repent and return and stay tight with Jesus, we will strengthen what remains and we will rise up and we will have wings like an eagle. We will run and not be weary and walk and not faint. We will find fresh strength and zeal and fire and motivation. We will bear much fruit to the kingdom of God and we will finish what he's given us to do.
Have you ever been busy without any balance? Have you ever followed the world's ideology and focused solely on works instead of your relationship with Jesus? In today's word from Pastor Jeff, he illustrated the dire importance of maintaining balance in your walk with Jesus. When you get pigeonholed on one aspect of your faith, it only serves to drive you further away from God. Ignite a fire in your soul by focusing on what He's done in your life and not your own works. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. While you're doing that, why not make a donation to our ministry? Anyone who donates $20 or more this month will receive a 2024 calendar for free. Now, I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. Don't miss Pastor Jeff's next installment of his series, Love Notes to the Church. He shows you the gravity of maintaining a spirit of love to everyone around you, even when it's someone you despise or don't have the energy to engage. Pouring out God's love to the world will serve to give you a renewed joy. Leave your rut behind and step into God's perfect plan. Use the power of His love to soften your heart and influence others for the sake of the cross. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.